Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Mole Finders Radio. And this one is super special. And I hope that the rest of them end up like this. Uh, I'm for the first time doing video while I'm recording the podcast. So it's like super clever. I've got, I've got a camera that I'm looking at and then I got a camera like off to the angle over here that's looking at me too. And uh, I'm recording into my iPad, which is where the podcast is recording. So I'm doing all kinds of things. Um, and so if you're seeing me on video, you see I'm holding an iPad. It's because for two things. One, I'm actually using it to record the audio for the podcast. And two, if you guys looked at episode 75 part one, you heard that I got this really, uh, um, I'm calling it an awesome email right now because I'm just like excited to talk about it. At the time, I was super riled up. And I didn't want to wait really. And so I did this preview, but I basically got this email from what appears to be another mold consultant of some sort, I think in Canada maybe. And they basically were saying, hey, um, all the information you're putting out there for people, it's actually making them think and it's kind of making my job more difficult. So could you please stop that? And that, that's basically what the email was. So I gave the quick overview um, last week when I did kind of like the teaser episode, right? And so today I'm going to read a little more of the email kind of piece by piece. I'm going to talk through some stuff and I want to say like I did at the beginning of the last episode, uh, 75 part one, this is welcome to 75 part two is I am so proud of all of you guys, right? You should be questioning people like this. This is what you should be doing. Who cares if it makes this person's job more difficult? If you actually are learning the concepts and putting them into play the right way, then this is all working, guys. Like this, the message is getting out. Those of you who've been listening to me for a while know that I'm trying to hit 100,000 people. I'm trying to help 100,000 people find hidden mold in their homes throughout the course of this year, all right? 100,000 is a lot. The only way that's going to happen is through the podcast like this. It's through the webinar that I'm doing. It's through us sharing what we're learning and actually empowering other people to take control of their situations, right? To empower someone to know that if you have some local consultant that comes in and says, oh man, this Ermi, I don't really know what it means, which by the way, is basically what was just said in this email, but it can mean that you have to remediate everything. So um, maybe I'll just contact Brian and just ask him, like I even know who this person is, say, Brian, could you stop telling people that they need to do stuff like this because it's making my job more difficult? That's what the email said, people. It's hilarious. But the point of all of this is I'm super, super uh, excited that this is happening, right? This was a conversation when Corey and I, uh, for those of you who just started listening, Corey Levy is my uh, business partner. He's a co-founder of We Inspect. He's the other brain behind everything that's going on. And um, when we first started talking about what we were going to do this year uh, and starting last year with the podcast and with the free trainings that we're putting out and trying to empower people, we knew that it was going to be rubbing 
mold inspectors and mold, you know, other, other mold consultants, we knew it was going to be rubbing them the wrong way. And we knew we were going to start getting pushback from it. And we had talked and we said, listen, if we start getting pushback from this, that means that everything that we're doing is getting traction. People are, are learning, they're getting it. And then they're questioning these people and the people are going to be like, holy crap, the consultants are going to be like, oh my God, I don't even know what to do with this stuff. And then they're going to get mad that we're sharing this information and educating people, right? And this is like happening now. This is the first step of this happening now. And I'm, I'm so excited about it, all right? So um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look into this email here that we got going on and I am going to uh, start reading some of it. Actually, I'm going to the video real quick. This is me not being on top of my video game, all right? There we go. I had to do a little quick do not disturb on my phone because I don't want any phone calls breaking into this recording. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get into this email. I'm just going to kind of start reading it. Um, I'm going to read a couple sentences. I'm going to break off. I'm going to do some things like that. And then I'm actually going to try to envision what uh, situation they're seeing and talk about like how I would handle it, right? So that's, that's kind of the plan for what's going on here. I'm going to take a drink of water and we're going to get into this. Okay, so here's the, I'm not going to say anybody's names or anything, right? So here's the email. It says, good morning. I wanted to send this to you in hopes that you would be helping settle down some people's minds over all of the issues that you mention in your information that you put out there. At first, I see the email and I'm like, good morning. I wanted to send this to you. I was like, oh, is this somebody else that's like saying that they kind of got some value from something we're putting out because we get emails like that all the time. And then I start reading it. I'm like, oh, that's definitely not what this is. <laughs> anyway, so it says, you're to move on. I hope you keep in mind that there are a lot of people right now that are suffering with mental illness and have been confined to their homes and are now going through another horrible situation at home. This is true, okay? So I want to touch on this, right? So the mental illness piece is really kind of all tying back to the exposure that's going on in our homes and the fact that we're kind of locked in our homes. So this concept happens a lot with, um, with homes on the East Coast in the wintertime. So historically over the years, our phone calls would increase in wintertime because they would start staying inside, right? It starts getting really cold. And so they're spending more and more and more hours inside. And then because those houses had problems inside, they're now being exposed more and more and more to those problems that are happening inside. And then all of a sudden we start getting the phone calls, hey, there's something going on, what's going on, okay? And one of the, uh, you know, the impacts that mold has, you know, I think that we, a lot of us, if you've been listening for a while, you've, you've heard me talk about it and we'll talk again, but it's, it's brain inflammation, right? And when, so when people say like, I have brain fog and I can't remember things, I've got these, you know, that's in, inflammation in your brain, right? That's what's happening. So um, there's, there's this concept, I've talked about it before, I won't go super deep into it, it's called inhalational Alzheimer's. Uh, and it's this idea that you, that people show Alzheimer's uh, symptoms and, you know, not remembering and kind of this, all the same kind of stuff, but that it's triggered because you're breathing in mycotoxins and mycotoxins are a neurotoxin. Mycotoxins are fat soluble. What fat soluble means is that in our bodies, the mycotoxins, they actually like, they store in our fat cells. Well, guess what's right next to our breathing canal as you come up our nose, our brain. And guess what your brain is mostly made out of? Fat. 
it's like 50, 60% fat. I forgot the exact number, but I heard a doctor say it once and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I need to remember this. I want to say it was 60. Don't hold me to it. The point of it is that your brain is a lot of fat. Okay. So you're breathing in mold and mycotoxins, mycotoxins uh, embed in fat cells. Your whole brain is full of fat. And the next thing you know, people start generating Alzheimer's types of symptoms. And in, in the study that I was reading that was done on this, they basically took the person out of the moldy environment and the symptoms went away. It's like, oh man, it wasn't actually Alzheimer's disease. It was another sort of neurodegenerative uh, breakdown because of the toxin exposure that you're breathing. So when this person in the email says, I hope you keep in mind right now, there's a lot of people suffering with mental illness and they're confined in their homes and they're going through this horrible situation at home. I do get that, but do you know why that's happening? It's happening because of the mold problem and the water damage problem. It's because they're confined in their homes. So do I say when I'm thinking about stuff, I'm like, well, people are stuck in their homes because of lockdown. And even though that we know that what's happening in the house is going to have a bigger impact on them because they have longer exposure time, I shouldn't say anything about that because it's a tough situation. Is that what you guys want me to do? Uh, the answer is no. I know the answer is no, right? If we don't know it's a problem, we can't fix the problem. I'm looking to the other camera now. I didn't even mean to. It's so amazing. Um, <laughs> so, you guys should figure out where this um, where this video gets posted and just see like how giddy I am with like camera B, camera A, camera B, camera A. And then my marketing guy, uh, I'm gonna I'm leaving a space. I'm like pointing. Put graphics here. Graphics here. <laughs> So I'm going to see if he does it. Anyways, um, I'm having too much fun with this, guys, if you could tell. But anyways, the point of that sentence is I can't say that people are confined to their home. They're being more exposed. Because of that, I shouldn't be telling them why they're suffering more symptoms. Like, what good am I doing you, right? I'm doing you the opposite of good. So then you get into the next of this. You need to explain the difference. You need to explain, first off, you need to explain to people. Thank you very much, person I've never met. Go ahead and let me know what I need to do. You need to explain to people the difference between a water-damaged house to finding issues that may be caused from poor insulation and condensation. This sentence, God, every sentence in this is gold. All right, so let's get into this sentence. You need to explain the difference between a water-damaged house to finding a few issues that may be caused from, uh, here's insulation in attics and condensation is another thing they talk about in here. Um, do, do I really need to explain the difference to that? I, I love that people like rationalize the water damage and then they think that certain types of water is not really water. It's like, uh, I don't know, some other different type of water that doesn't cause mold. Here's the reality, guys. Water damage from a pipe leak, water damage from a flood, water damage from condensation that occurs in, from temperature differences, water damage that occurs from poor insulated areas that create condensation as well. Guess what all of that is doing? It's all water damage. And, uh, oh geez, am I not recording? Oh man, guys, the recording stopped on one of my things, but I got the other one going. <laughs> so I'm gonna turn the recording back on and we'll just kind of like edit together. I guess that's why we have two cameras, right? <laughs> okay, anyways, um, I was talking about water damage. The sentence is implying that apparently water is different if it comes from a different place. Water from condensation must be a different kind of water than water from a leak. Therefore, the water from condensation or poor insulation must not be able to create mold because it's not coming from a leak or a flood. As I explain what this person is saying, does this just, 
does it just not make any sense to anyone else than it does to me? <laughs> like, water's water, guys. Guess what's water? When you take a cold glass outside in the summer and you set it down on the table, you're sitting on your porch, you're on your swing, you're swinging back and forth, you're sitting there with your spouse, you're watching your kids run around, your dog is running around, you got your lemonade in your glass. Next thing you know, you go to grab your glass and your hand is wet. And why is your hand wet? Because the glass condensed, there's condensation on the glass. Why does it happen? Temperature differentials. There wasn't a leak in your glass, there was a temperature difference. What happens when you pick that glass up off of your coffee table that's out there? I guess not a coffee table, it'd be some sort of side table out there. It leaves a ring of water, right? Because water was dripping down. What happens if you don't clean that ring of water? It stains your table because water stains stuff when you don't do anything about it. Is that water different than a water from a pipe leak? The answer is no, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the answer is no. So when I see something like this, it just is, it's just showing us what we are dealing with, right? This is why I'm sharing all this information with you guys. This is why I'm trying to empower everybody to understand the true differences and the things that we need to be thinking about and the things that aren't different, right? Water is water is water. Water leak is the same as water flood is the same as condensation from something that's creating a drip of water that accumulates over time. Every single one of those can create a mold problem. So this sentence that says, you need to explain the difference between a water damaged house to finding a few issues that might be caused from poor insulated attics. Um, okay, I think I just did. I explained that there is no difference. And I hope that for the person who wrote this email, that the explanation that I just gave makes sense, right? Water from a condensation spot can still create mold growth the same way that water from a sink leak can create mold growth. If you have multiple areas with condensation, you have multiple sources of mold growth. When you have sources of mold growth, they impact the house and move through the house. We're gonna get into that because they actually sent a copy of the ERMI test that was in the house, which is even better <laughs> with all of this. So we're gonna get that in a second. Okay, so that was first paragraph. This first paragraph is one, two, three, four, five, six lines in this first paragraph. And I'm just curious, we've been 13 minutes of me breaking down this email line by line for six lines. Um, there's more to come, ladies and gentlemen. This is a fun game. I'm having a good time. I hope you guys are enjoying with me. Um, if you are, by the way, if, if you're having as much fun with this as I am, please like leave a review or comment to something on like an Instagram post and just say you listen to this, video, to, this, uh, uh, to this podcast episode or text me or something. Sometimes I'm having so much fun and I'm so passionate about stuff. I just want to make sure that um, you're not listening to me and thinking I'm nuts and that it's not resonating with you. So if I am, I could tone it down. But I'm just, I was, I've been looking forward to this for days, as you can tell. Okay, next paragraph. It starts down. Um, here in Canada, when our winters are extremely cold and our heat is constantly running, condensation may occur in pot lights. So pot lights are like... Um, can lights in your ceiling. So if you have a hole cut in your ceiling, there's like a light put up there. That's what a pot light is. Um, and other areas where insulation needs to be addressed. When someone finds a small amount of mold, please try to explain to them that they don't have to do remediation and replace drywall and clean their house. No, I'm not going to do that because it's not true. <laughs> like, like what I would say is Please learn how all of this works so you're not misinforming people that when there is actually, you're literally describing visible mold is what you're describing. You're saying that you're looking up at a ceiling and you're seeing mold around a light fixture and that that doesn't require remediation. And that is a big, hard, fat no, it's wrong. And by going out and telling people that is a massive, massive disservice, right? First off, we don't know what's on top of that. 
right? It could be a much larger issue that's on top of that. Airflow from attics into homes is a real thing. It's not like your attic is completely like blocked from your house, right? It's not like the air that's in your attic is like, oh, we're attic air. And then it comes down and it's like, whoa, this is the ceiling to the, to the floor downstairs. We don't go here. This is where the downstairs air goes, right? It's not like some sort of like hierarchy of, <laughs> of air where like there's only the good air gets to be in the main house and like all the all the crappy air only gets to stay. That's not how it works. Right? This isn't a movie with like some sort of uh, socioeconomic class system of your air. That's not what this is. Your house is all connected. Air moves throughout your entire house. Air doesn't have a personality, guys. So it doesn't know where it came from. And so it's going to move around, right? And so to, to write this and say that where there's condensation, because of temperature differentials, because we live in a cold place and our homes aren't insulated properly and there's temperature differences that create water, we just have to say, instead of saying, man, maybe we should really fix our insulation issues so we don't have temperature changes, instead of addressing the root cause of what the problem is, we're saying, we're, we're wanting me to say that, well, that's just normal, guys. Condensation and insulation problems is normal. You, uh, there's nothing you could do about it, which is not true. So I guess you just have to deal with the mold that happens and oh, by the way, like there's no reason to cut it out. It's just gonna happen again. So sorry guys, deal with it. Do you see, do you see what's happening here? Like, I don't know. I could keep reading this. I don't know if you guys want me to keep reading this. I've been kind of hampering on this for a minute. Um, but, oh my God, I just, I just read the next sentence. I'm sorry. It says, uh, please explain to them that they don't have to, re to remove things from their house and, re and replace drywall. The list goes on and on. <laughs> Yes, you have to remediate. Um, because they suffer with what is going on right now, this just adds more to the mix and you need to settle people's minds down. The reason that I don't need to stop telling people this is because of what's happening right now, right? Because people are in their homes, because people are reacting more, this is why we need to say more of what's happening. We need to talk about the reasons more of what's going on. We don't talk about it less. Why would we do that, right? It's just... It's like sweeping under the rug and not telling people what's really going on. That's not doing anybody any good, you know? And, and that's what I'm trying to do. So you don't need to tell me that I need to stop talking to people, right? You don't need to tell me that it's not my place to educate folks. And by the way, everything that I talk about is actually backed by research, right? So like, and that's what kind of gets into the next point. I'm gonna skip a little bit. They're talking about ERMI here. I'm gonna skip down a little. So it says, after sending in uh, an ERMI surface swab from uh, the air conditioning return duct, so they just went into the return line and they did a swab there, which by the way, for those of you who listened to previous episodes, you really wanna be testing your air conditioning systems from inside the air handler unit where uh, the blower fan is, because that's your kind of direct pathway in and out. So that's really where you wanna be testing it, right? Um, so after sending this in for ERMI, they make the report very difficult to dissect. We've spent a lot of time researching and I'm pretty sure that the report came out does not warrant the owner of this home to get rid of everything in their house and have drywall removed where there's mold. You're pretty sure? It's really hard to dissect? Wait a minute. Are you telling me that you literally have no idea how to read this thing? Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're telling me. You literally have no idea how to understand what an army says. So what happened here, this is what I'm thinking happened here, all right? I'm thinking that whoever the client is, whoever the home occupant is, ran their own ERMI. They ran their ERMI and they found that there's problems. And then they probably had this person come in and this person is probably seeing these things that they're talking about and saying, well, there's no way that this is a problem. Like you can't be doing this. 
yeah, I guess I'll look at your ERMI report. I don't really know what they are. And gosh, man, when I look at it, I don't know what it means. And uh, when I call the lab, they won't tell me what it means. Yeah, they don't tell you what it means. You wanna know why? Because they're not consultants. They're not in the house. And this is such a big problem on the ERMI front, which is a whole nother conversation, is that you can do these ERMI tests and you can get kind of a feel for it. Um, a lot of people rely on the scores. The scores are kind of misleading sometimes, but sometimes it's just so significant. You can just tell, you could look at it and be like, whoa, there's like multiple molds here that are super high because they're like highlighted and they're showing they're at least 10 times higher than what the, uh, what the study average was initially. So you kind of get a feel for it like that. But the reality is it's not easy to know how to look at these. You know how you know how to look at them? Either someone teaches you or you've looked at thousands of them and you actually know what you're talking about, right? And so when, when this person is now basically saying that, well, this ERMI doesn't really mean a lot because I don't know what it means. And when I call the company that did it, meaning the lab, they say that, that you follow up with the company and they basically tell you that it's up for you to go see your doctor. It's because the lab has no idea what's happening in your house right? They can't tell you what's going on. They can't tell you if you need to remediate certain things because they have no clue what's happening. And it's not their job to know what's happening. They're a lab they analyze. It's the job of your consultant to know what's happening. It's the job of the person that's coming in and doing your inspection to understand how airflow moves through a house, how you identify hidden areas of mold growth, right? How you know to find out where are the factories? How are the factories impacting the space? How are they moving and migrating into your air conditioning system? How are they then moving throughout the house? What happens in a crawl space and why is it important that it's waterproofed? And what happens with the airflow that, that the crawl space actually does impact the house because your typical airflow goes from bottom to top? And how does that move through the house? And then what happens in the attic? How much air actually escapes the attic? How much gets recirculated back in? What's the deal with insulation? Like, does insulation hold all of this stuff? Does it not? Do I get impacted by air that's in places that I don't live in? I don't have any questions I just spit off right there. Maybe 20. Those are all things that people ask me all the time. And you wanna know what? I have an answer for every single one of them right? And, and this person doesn't. And because of that, they don't know how to guide this person to do it the right way. And what may have happened historically before, and I'm assuming the reason that this email got sent to me is because whoever the occupant in this house was probably said, hey, Brian says this. I mean, why else would they email me, right? They said everything you're sharing with people, blah, blah, blah. So it must be what I'm talking about. It must be somebody that's listened to the podcast or been through the Mole Finders uh, um, method webinar or all the other things, <laughs> text messages, whatever it is, one of the things, right? It must be one of those things. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sent to me anyways, right? Um, and so I... I just wanna, I just wanted to like break this whole thing down and show you that this is an email that somebody who is like in the industry actually sent to me. So like when I'm doing uh, the webinars that I do every couple of weeks, a question that always comes up is like, so what's it so different from like how you explain this to what like, just like what a certified mold inspector is, right? Cause you think that they're certified. You're like, oh, they're certified. So they must know what they're talking about. This is what I say in the webinar and I'll kind of say it here too when that question comes up. It's you know how easy it is to get a certification to be a mold, a mold person? It is so easy, so easy. Um, you have to go take a test on a weekend and then you get certified. So all you have to, and you wanna know how you pass the test? There are training prep courses that you can buy that actually tell you all of the questions. 
So you don't even really need to learn everything. You just need to be really good at test taking and memorizing answers. And then you go into the test. I got a 98 on my test. I like walked in and I was out. It felt like in 20 minutes and I walked out and basically aced the thing because all I had to do was memorize stuff and I'm a really good test taker, right? And so that was it. Does that mean when I came out of that that I knew anything? No, it doesn't. Couple reasons. One, the book that a lot of this stuff is based on has misinformation in it because it's all information is 20, 30 years old. It's not that it's misinformation, it's just not updated, right? There's new things, there's new, there's new technology, there's new understandings, and a lot of that stuff isn't included. So if I just relied off of what the book says, that's what a lot of local inspectors do. They rely on what the book says because they don't really have anyone else to guide them and teach them, right? And so that's what they think. And they don't, and anything else that they hear of that's new or different, they, they don't get it, they don't understand it, it scares them because they don't know the answer and then they just kind of like write it off. And this happens in all aspects of life too, right? This isn't just mold inspectors. So everybody, think about, think about change and how people respond to change, right? There are people that are so hesitant to change because they don't want to change and they don't want to learn and they don't want to understand. And then there are other people that are really open to trying new things. They're like your early adopters that are all about it and they figure it out and they learn everything and then they get you into it, right? They're like, oh man, this new thing is super, super cool, right? You need to get into this, right? And so there's different types of people out there. And if you just go and take a test, so I basically studied for this test for two weeks, um, which I probably didn't really need to do. Like, I think all you need to pass is an 80. I probably could have studied for a weekend and got an 80, but I studied, uh, I didn't know that the test was literally gonna be asking the same questions I was seeing. So I, I was really like trying to learn. I had this whole notebook, I was highlighting stuff. I was like, cause I felt like I was in school again. Cause I was like, oh, I really need to know this stuff. But you know what the difference was for me? is I had Mark Levy that was training me on the real way to do stuff, right? So for those of you who don't know who Mark is, Mark is my father-in-law. Yeah, listen to episode one, go all the way to episode one of the podcast and you'll hear my story on where I got started and how Mark helped me um, before we were even related and who he is and what a big influence he is on the industry as a whole and how I was taught by him, right? So the thing is, if you don't learn from someone like that, and, or you're just not really into figuring it all out, then you're gonna end up in this zone where like you hear some things, you don't wanna spend the time, like whatever, whatever. And then you just think that none of this stuff is works. And then you write a sentence that says, um, I spent a lot of time researching and I'm pretty sure the report doesn't warrant the owner to do remediation. Then you write that, right? Um, can I just read you some stuff from this Ermi? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. So give me a second for this image to load. Hopefully it loads. Um, Loading, 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 loading. Ah, come on, man. I want this to go faster. This isn't going fast enough, man. All right. Well, I'm going to try to look just from the thumbnails. From the thumbnails that I can see in this, there are at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven molds that are at least 10 times higher than the threshold. Um, I can't see the score in this because it's not loading, but it's in the red, which means that the ERMI score is over five. Again, we talked about ERMI scores. ERMI scores don't really matter that much, but I did look at this before and it was bad, right? So, you know, now I'm looking at the email and they're basically trying to say, hey, Brian, can you like tell people that they don't need to do remediation? By the way, we have this ERMI test. I don't know how to read it really, but then she sends it to me and I look at it, I'm like, dude, there's a problem in this house, the way that I look at this, right? And then I read the rest of this email and it's like, oh man, we know that there's condensation happening. Apparently it sounds like all over the place. We know that this army came from an air conditioning system, which means that the air conditioning system is probably compromised and spreading it all around. And we know that sources move through the house, get into the system, circulate, you get exposed from all that stuff. So if we know those things, then we know this is a problem. I don't even have to, I don't even have to like look 
I don't have to know everything that's happening in this house. I literally can look at these two paragraphs. I can understand that there apparently is a bunch of condensation from, insula from insulation problems in the attic, which means there's a pretty good chance that there's mold growing all over the framing up there. And I know that around the, the, um, the pot lights up in the ceilings, that there's visible mold around them, right? Which means that there's mold growth now on ceiling drywall in the occupied spaces. This isn't accounting for all the other stuff that I'm sure that somebody missed, right? You know, anybody who's been through the, the how to find hidden mold webinar that I do, you've, you've learned how we look at stuff, right? You don't look for mold. If you're looking for mold, you're gonna miss it. You look for water damage. And if you look for water damage, that's how you find the hidden mold. That's the big secret, people. Um, that's that's the, the overview of the whole thing. It breaks it down a lot more. So if you haven't been in the webinar, uh, maybe go check it out. It's moldfindersmethod.com. But the, the, the point is, is that you can't look for mold. If you look for mold, you're gonna miss so much of it because most mold is hidden, right? And so that's the difference. This is the email I got, guys. The reason I got this email is because this person's working with one of you, I don't know who it is, but they're working with one of you and you called them out on their, on their shit, <laughs> excuse me, and, and they didn't know what to do. And so instead of knowing what to do, instead of this email being, hey, Brian, um, you know, my client mentioned that they listened to you and, the, and this, this, that, and the other, uh, you know, I don't know how to read this Ermi, which they clearly said, could you help me understand, like, is this a problem? Like, instead of the email being a question where I would have been more than happy to just give a, like a, a simple paragraph answer and say, yeah, listen, if you're seeing that and you're understanding condensation, like these things are things that need to be remediated. It wasn't that. It wasn't somebody trying to learn. It wasn't somebody trying to help their client. It was somebody trying to help themselves and make it easier on themselves. And that is the, the biggest, 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 biggest problem that we've got going on right? Is that we have an industry that doesn't really want to learn. We have an industry that's not really forced to learn. They've kind of done things the way they do things. We're starting to put out, we're trying to make this movement, this, the whole shift to mold finders on the Instagram profile and everything else that we're doing is because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about we inspect. It was about you guys. And so what we wanted to do when we rebranded the whole company in January was to make it very, very obvious that it's about you. And that it's not about us. So our name became not Brian, not this course that we do, not our company name. It became you guys. It became Mold Finders. It's you guys, right? It's all about helping you and, and giving you resources and being whoever it is that this person is that questioned what was going on and, and at least now understands that you can't just like cover over this stuff and then think that everything's fine because we've heard the story before. When you get misdirection from a, from a consultant or an inspector and they tell you that nothing's a problem, you think then that nothing is a problem, right? Why would you think different? The professional told you that, you know? And, and because of that, you're now gonna keep feeling the way that you're feeling and you're not gonna know why. And you're gonna think it's something else. And so, the, the big thing that I kind of want to break out of all of this stuff, again, I said it earlier, I said it the other day, I'm going to say it again. I'm super, super proud of you guys. I'm super impressed with how you're grasping the information, how you're not pushing back, how you're fighting for yourselves. Because if you're not going to do it, no one else is going to do it for you, right? You got to do it yourself. Um, I'm going to fight for you as much as I can in terms of trying to arm you with information and, and examples and things that you can use as, uh, as research to lean on and ammunition to fight back with. But at the end of the day, you guys, you are the fighters in this, right? You are the mold finders, that's you. And so I'm gonna continue to do everything I can for you guys. Um, and thank you so much 
for listening, for being open-minded, for thinking through things in a way that a lot of people don't, um, because this is how you get on your path back to health. And that's ultimately what I want for people. So guys, I actually want you all to understand. I want you to embrace my, my mission too. And I say my mission is mine and Corey's mission. It's we inspect's mission. I want you guys all to embrace it. A hundred thousand people this year. All right. So think about that. Think about the Facebook groups that you're in, right? The groups that have 10,000 people in them, 20,000 people. Everybody's in there asking questions about stuff and nobody knows answers. Think about those people. Is there anything you can share with them that we've created that will help them? Share it with them. All right. Don't keep the information to yourself. And I'm not saying that you guys are, but I want you to be on this journey with us. I don't want this to be like, I'm trying to help 100,000 people. I need to do it all by myself. I can't do it all by myself. It's literally impossible to do it all by myself. Um, I need you guys selfishly to get to where I want to be. But the reason I want to get there is because I want to have this impact that's doing what we just found out. I want to have an impact that has a ripple effect that's going out it literally into Canada. This person was in Canada, a ripple effect from Orange County in California, where I'm standing right now, that has moved its way all the way north into the great white north, even through COVID. They can't keep us out. Can't keep us out with COVID. The message moves <laughs> and it gets there and it helps someone and it pushes back. I'm so excited moving forward to see more of these emails. I want to see the consultants like the, the people across the country, I want to see them getting really pissed off because if they are, it means that we're doing our job and we're educating and empowering people. Once people get empowered, you know, you can't stop them, right? You can't stop the movement once it starts moving. Uh, so this is it. This is the thing. I feel like I'm preaching. I feel like I'm on a webinar or something right now. This whole thing has just been this episode, the precursor, the whole weekend of me thinking about it. I... <laughs> It's actually been a very gratifying feeling for me because I've been working really hard to try to get a lot of this stuff out there and it seems like it's working. So I'm going to stop ranting. I know I've kind of got past all of it. I appreciate you guys all listening. Thank you so much for continuing to share, continuing to educate yourselves, taking control of your life. Every email I send basically has a sign off that says you can be a mold finder. You can take control, right? It's true. You can, you can do it. You can do it by working with us directly. You could do it by looking at the resources we have for you. You could do it from uh, just looking at some of the more, the podcast that's easily accessible and getting the download guide and, and going through uh, information that way and doing more self-education. There's so many ways that you could do it, but you can find the mold. It's not, it's not impossible to find. Honestly, guys, it's actually pretty easy to find. And I break it all down in the webinar. It tells you how to do it, but you could do this yourself. You don't need this person coming into your house. You can literally do this yourself. That's what the whole webinar is about. How do you do this on your own and not get scammed by a mold inspector? Because basically what's happening here is that you're getting burned by a mold inspector. How do you get them out of the equation? Just handle all this stuff on your own. I break all of that down in the, in the mold finders method webinar that happens every, every couple of weeks right now. So if you haven't been come, you'll get to listen to me talk some more. I don't know. Maybe that's cool. <laughs> and, um, and just, just keep doing what you're doing, guys. I'm super uh, excited and proud of all of you. And I'm going to stop talking now. So thank you so much. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you next time. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 